Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. All right, here we go. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. Got Jason Theobald in the house. Jason, how's your day going, man? You know what? For a Thursday, it's it's actually been manageable for once. Yeah, so pretty, that's, that's not bad. No, that's not because usually you and I. I mean, you heard me just crack the caffeine open. I'm yeah. pretty, I'm, I'm having a monster. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't get my usual coffee for this. I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, I even had 40 minutes of downtime before we record it, and I, I had to use it packing, unfortunately, because I'm leaving town tomorrow. But at least I don't have to, you know, most of these I'm working right up to the freaking minute, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. So don't worry. I mean, dude, trust me. There was a couple of these episodes. People don't know it, but I told you on the back end, I said, hey, man, I need you to carry the load on this show. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking tired. So yeah. hey, don't worry about it. I, I'll, I'll carry it on this one if I have to, if you start nodding off over there. Mm-hmm. So. Um, real quick, everyone, before we kick off our topic today, um, which is understanding scale fluctuations, if you ever want to hit me up, if you have a question, a topic you want to hear us talk about, a guest that you want to get on the show, just hit me up on Instagram at team underscore Gorman. Hit me at the follow, send me a message. Um, Jason, you know, I thought about the format of this and what I want to do. Um, you know, we, we've got, this is episode 11, you know, around every 10 to 12 episodes, I want to kind of clean it up and just go back and do an ask us anything episode. So we'll probably yeah, be doing like one of those. Yeah. Just kind of clean up everything from the 10 to 12 episodes. Yeah. we have. Do a big Q and a, and then move on to another couple dozen because I'm still getting a bunch of questions over some of the past episodes. Um, you, the reviews are just flying up. They're still all five stars. So thank you guys. We really, really appreciate that. Um, Jason, you know, we talked, you, you didn't really have a ton of new stuff, but you are going out of town. Are you, are you and Vince going out to speak this weekend or is that another we, weekend? We are, we're going to, we'll be near Denver. Um, we're helping educate, uh, Atlas nutrition group. I think they have about 10 coaches. They use our feed for function system and they've been, you know, they contacted us and said, Hey, you know, we'd really like to have you guys help educate our coaches. What can we put together? And so we put the curriculum together and um, they really loved it. So yeah, we're heading out and uh, going to do an all day type thing on Saturday. And then on Friday evening, I'm going to train with a few of their coaches, just run them through something, kind of some of the things I do with training and things like that. No, it's exciting, man. And that's, you know, that's something I, I have gyms hit me up for stuff like that to go educate their, their trainers, their personal trainers, yep. and some coaches there. And that's always fun. So, I mean, if people ever want to hit you up, they can, what's the best way to hit you up if they want to schedule like you to come out or, you know, you and you know, I always tell people Instagram's cool, but like, I'm not as good about checking that other requests folder. Uh, if they want to get me like, you know, within 24 hours, Jason at scoobyprep.com always works because I'm always checking my emails and I'm always responding to people quick. Yeah, definitely. Definitely hit them up. So that's, that's what's new with you this week. Um, I did want to let everybody know I haven't announced on social or anything yet, but you know, we're going to put like a cool little graphic together, but I just got accepted to write for Iron Man magazine. For me, it's kind of a cool thing. You know, I've always wanted to write for a major magazine and I, I could have probably four or five years ago, but I just put all my eggs in, in the baskets that I had and I didn't want to commit to writing. And now, you know, I sold one of the gyms, you know, I'm not with first form anymore after six years. So I've got a little bit more time to be able to devote to something like this. So I'm going to be writing uh, an Ask a Diet Coach column for them, which will kind of be cool. It's Q&A, just like the book that I put out. And then I'll be writing a major column, too, in every 
you know, at every magazine. So that's going to be cool. I'll cover things like ketogenic dieting or, you know, reverse dieting, metabolic capacity, just like the big topics. Like I'll cover a big, a big article on those. So yeah, man, I I wanted to put it out here first and uh, I'll make a post and let everybody know when it starts hitting the magazine. So that's going to be, that's going to be kind of cool. I miss writing. That's a big, that's a pretty big, uh, I don't know, like, you know, uh, cool. uh, I'm I'm struggling for words, but it's a cool um, honor really. Yeah, man. I mean, it really is. I mean, Iron Man magazine's been around so long and it's one that, that, you know, I would read for a long time. I mean, all the way up until 2014, 2015, I was still reading the magazine. Um, And then I just got busy and just kind of fell by the side, but yeah, man. So that's kind of cool. Let's uh, enough about us though. Let's get to the topic mm-hmm. today. So, it, so this is a fun one, right? I've I've done some I've done some talks on this before, but this is something that I don't care if you're a new coach, if you're an established coach, if you're a new athlete, an established athlete. This is something that you're going to have to deal with either yourself or with yep. your clients or other people, and that's understanding scale fluctuations and what they mean. Because mm-hmm. I mean, listen, man. How often, how often, Jason, are you having to have talks with your clients every single week to talk about what you're looking at with the scale? I mean, it's rampant, right? It, yeah, I mean, it's gonna happen at least you know one to ten times a week with obviously different clients. It's not the same people every time, but yeah, I mean, the, they live and die by the scale, and you know, um, sometimes it, it's it's, it's, it's necessary. And we'll talk about that. But other times, many times it's just one tool and it's nothing to be, um, alarmed about. Yeah. And this is something, if you can make sure that we, we touch on natural versus enhanced because you just said that I don't have that down in the notes, but shit, man, that's what our show is really. So we definitely need to talk about that with some of this stuff. Um, you know, with scale fluctuations, it's something that messes with people constantly. And, you know, scale weight is a tool that we both use. I have an Excel spreadsheet that my clients send in to me and they, they weigh every day and they send it in on Monday and Thursdays. And I just, I already have it calculated. So they just put their weight in and it calculates their weekly average. And that's something that I look for. But man, I can tell you right now, <laughs> if, if they're doing great, their weekly average is dropping, but they fucking go up one pound for one day, like that's exactly what they're focused on. Are, are you, are you having to talk to, a, you know, you have a lot of competitors and I do too, um, but you, your clientele is a little bit bigger than mine. Are you having to deal with that quite a bit on your end? Most of my folks are natural. So, you know, the scale fluctuations, I, I do have to really pay close attention to in some cases. Um, now on your end, I know you've got plenty of natural folks, but on the assisted side, are you, are you having to really explain yes. it to them more? Because especially my, my women. Um, and I always even say like before the diet starts, I say, Hey, you know, we're employing some Anavar here. Um, you know, you haven't been on it for a while. Um, you might not lose a single scale pound for about five weeks as you're gaining and filling back out muscle tissue. It's going to negate, you know, fat loss. So we got to look at other things like, you know, how are your clothes fitting? How's your weight belt fitting? How are your jeans fitting? Uh, how are you looking just cosmetically when you're in the gym, you know? And so I tell them I'm going to need a little more help and feedback, um, you know, because sometimes early on, you know, it's hard to spot a pound of fat loss when someone's 16 weeks out, you know, in a picture. So, but you know that like you as a coach or as an athlete have to have faith that you're in the deficit. And that, uh, you know, you're taking a hormone that's going to help you actually add some muscle right now a little quicker. So you've got to be patient. 
Yeah, you uh, you know, on the natural side of things, when when I've got clients and I just tell them, because there'll be times where they are stalled out, you know, they, they haven't dropped for a week to 10 days. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm telling them and they're telling me, hey, I'm getting leaner in the mirror. I'm getting the leaner in the mirror. I'm like, listen, you're natural. First of all, you've got it, especially if they've got, you know, say 15 pounds to go still. I'd be like, listen, you, you can't recomp on, you know, if you're a female on 1300 calories right now, right. you're just right. not going to recomp. Right. Um, you're really barely even recovering, maybe even not right. recovering at some point. So you're not recomping. So don't like, you can tell yourself that don't fall into that trap, but you really need to lose a pound a week and that needs to come off. And if you're not, then you're stalled. I'm going to drop your calories, maybe add some cardio, you know, that we've talked about that stuff in prior episodes. But man, on the assisted side, you know, with, with folks that I've helped, especially back in the day, that to me, man, those pictures came in so handy and they really needed to be the same place, the same yeah. time of day, same lighting, like don't do yeah. them with a pump in the gym and then send them the next day at yeah. home, you know, with no flash and shit, just, yeah. you know, super, super important. Um, I, I do want to go and, and touch on this and then we'll talk about all the different reasons why the weight goes up and then we'll turn around. We'll talk about all the reasons why it actually goes down too much. Um, and that's something I've never really talked on before. So I think that'll be good. Um, here, let's talk about what we look for. So, um, and, and before that, what we recommend for scale weight. So I know myself, I tell my clients and, and dude, you, we've known each other long enough. We're probably on the same page here. I tell my clients, wake up, go pee, like go to the bathroom, do what you have to do, and then step on the scale right after, you know, naked or if you have yep, your underwear correct. on, fine. Um, and then use that weight first thing in the morning. Is that is that what you're asking your clients? Yeah, I, that's what I've been, that's what I do too, just to, um, it's going to be the, the most accurate with the least amount of variables that you can get. Yeah, the, you know, the other thing too, and I've got multiple clients that will do this and they don't think about it. Um, but I always make sure I tell them, use your home scale and only use that scale. So like I've had, you know, a girl that would go stay the weekend at her boyfriend's, you know, if he lived yeah. out of town or something and she's like, Hey, um, you know, I'm weighing, I'm, I'm dropping good on my boyfriend's scale. I'm like, Whoa, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they're using other scales. Like, even though you can track it, you don't, you need to use the same one. So I always tell people, if you travel, if you go somewhere, just take your scale with you. And people think that's a pain in the ass. But if you're in prep or you're real serious about fat loss, this is a measuring tool. Like you need to, you wouldn't go and not take your food scale with you and just eyeball right. your food. So you have to really do that. Um, gym scales too are the worst because yeah. I, I've had people show up and I don't know if you get this much. They're like, yeah, man, I'm weighing on the, on the gym scale. And they've, you know, they're getting their workout in, they're doing all this. And then they're staying there in their clothes. They've already clothes, drank a bunch of water food. in the belly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, 200 pounds right now on my gym scale and I wake up at like 190 you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, and that's and that's only at like 1 p.m. so I've had maybe two meals but I'm full of water I got my shoes on you know my clothes are on so so inaccurate yeah and, and even if people do it the exact same way every day it's still not accurate you mm -hmm. know cl clothes are different you may yeah. you may have had half a shaker more or less of water that yeah. dude that that adds up it's gonna add up uh, maybe you sweat more during that workout. Yep. So anyway, long story short, guys, use the same scale and take it with you. Um, Jason, I do want to talk about what we look for as far as when we're actually looking at people's weight. Um, you know, I kind of explained mine earlier. I have people weigh on 
way on the scale every day and they plug it into this Excel sheet and then it averages out their weight for the week. So I might have a, a female that's averaging 154 pounds this week. Next week, I'm looking for her to average 153, you know, maybe 152 the following week. I'm not so much looking at the day-to-day -day stuff. I do look at that stuff because I do want to see if there's a new low in there somewhere. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe she, the average is the same, but all of a sudden she's hit a couple new lows over the last couple days. And that tells me, Hey, you know, I probably want to go ahead and give this a little bit of time. She just hit a new low. Um, what exactly are you looking for when you study someone's weight? It's very similar. I don't have a calculator doing an average, but you know, I look seven days back. I, I give a nice scan of all the weights in my feed for function system. It's got a really nice um, layout where all the weights are right in front of me. You know, I could see about 28 to 30 weights and I look at the last seven and um, I run it through my head real quick and make sure that, you know, we're, we're dropping the, the amount that I need um, to be dropped. So it's not really spinning me an average, but I'm looking from, you know, a seven day window that I want to see it trending down uh, with the amount of weight that I've in my head, you know, kind of figured out for the client that they need to lose in order to be ready in 16 weeks or 20 weeks or whatever they got. So what, what does a stall look like um, for you then? So what, whenever, whenever you're looking at that, when do you decide, okay, and everything's spot on, by the way, the diet's spot on, they're training, like everything's good, sleep's, you know, everything they report is okay. Uh, what's a stall look like to you when you're looking at the scale readings? Yeah, the data. So, you know, if I first I'll look at like the seven days. So like if it's the 12th um, and then, you know, the 19th. So I'll go back to the 12th. I'll look and see if there's, you know, a proper drop. Um, there's not always. So then I'll start looking at some of the other days and seeing if there's, you know, we've got the drop. If I'm still not seeing it, then I'll look and see, well, maybe they hit a new low um, on the weekend um, and then had a refeed or, you know, they went back to work and it spiked. If I'm still not seeing the new low uh, with the amount of weight I wanted to come off, then, you know, if I don't think I'm going to see it, then I'll go ahead and, and adjust. I mean, there's times where I'll be like, eh, why don't you just wait till Thursday, uh, give it three more days. That'll be about 10 days. If we're still not seeing a new low, I'll go ahead and, and make a move. Um, and sometimes that works in my favor. And sometimes, you know, they truly are stalled out. Just depends how much time you have to kind of dick around with it. Um, but that's kind of how my thought process goes in my head. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm pretty pretty much the same. Usually with my folks, um, you know, I, I tell them, you know, if it's Thursday and they're just, man, it, you know, they they've been stalled out for four, five, six days, and the weight just, you know, I'm I'm banking on it, hopefully dropping by Monday. What I'll tell them is, I'm listen, I need you to sleep in this weekend. And if they sleep in and they don't hit new lows and averages, then to me, I'm like, listen, I got to change it up. Because if you're sleeping in and everything's on point and you're not dropping from that and it's been a week, I'm going to go ahead and change you up. Unless someone is just so far out. Um, you know, I, it's, I hate to push past seven days, but, you know, there's been times I've had to wait 10 days when oh, you yeah. just try and go by feel. Or if it's somebody that if you don't have a lot of room to make changes – and you're like, you know, sometimes it's the sleep that they need. That's about the only time I'll kind of wait. But I'm usually looking at about seven, seven days of data compared to the prior seven days. Yeah, if I know someone's stress is hard, um, I might wait through the weekend and give them till Monday. You know, if it was on their Thursday check-in and they're, they're not hitting their low, I might uh, give them till Monday, see if the weekend more rest brings anything. And if it doesn't, then I'll make a move. 
Yeah, man. All right, so let's get into these reasons why the scale goes up. Some of these will be pretty pretty common knowledge to people, but we want to give you our take on them. And some of them are going to really open people's eyes. You know, you know there's a lot of people, I have to remember, Jason, we've been doing this for so long. We've talked about this 10 zillion times right. that we've got listeners that this is going to be new information for, or maybe it's just a good reminder. So the first one I have written down is digestion and bloat. So if you, you don't mind, talk, talk a little bit about that and how digestion and bloat can kind of throw things off when everything else is just spot on. Sure. Well, you know, when you have digestion issues, um, and bloat would be like, you know, a symptom of some, something else going on. Like, you know, something's generally not sitting well with you. It's inflaming you. Uh, maybe it's an allergy, uh, just something that doesn't, doesn't do well with your gut. Um, you're going to be inflamed. And, um, a lot of times, you know, maybe you're not going to the bathroom, uh, consistently, um, that can, you know, that gut problem can obviously cause the scale to hold up. Um, you know, you could be inflamed to the point where you're holding water as well. Um, so, you know, those would be like pretty much probably the two main areas where I've seen, you know, like gut issues affect um, weight loss. And then of course, you know, if it's a gut issue that's been going on for, for a long time, then it starts to affect hormones. And then, then obviously you've got, you know, another problem that it was created from the gut that that is reason why maybe you might be holding on to uh, more water, you know, cortisol could be off then just things of long term because of inflammation that starts to cause other issues. But you know, just in the in the in the intermediate, a lot of times, you know, you're looking at some sort of water issue, or you know, constipation is building up. And uh, that will obviously affect uh, weigh ins. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I know one thing since I've kind of switched to, you know, I kind of switched back and forth between, you know, kind of like a, a FODMAP um, type diet to a modified Mediterranean just for right. overall health. When I do throw something like, like gluten back in, for example, and listen, guys, it's, we've had so many assholes over the last five to 10 years saying gluten is a hundred percent fine. You can have it, but listen to me, cut that shit out from your diet for a month or two and then throw it back in and see what happens to your fucking digestion and how much bloat you have. If yeah. Maybe, maybe you don't, I don't know, but I can tell you right now, myself and my clients, you know, when it, when it, I try and um, free up their digestion and trying to kind of fix that. And I put them on like, yeah, I know Jason, you're real big on, on a, on a FODMAP type yep. um, diet. Um, I like modified Mediterranean. I, I like both approaches. I like both too. Yeah, whenever I throw some gluten back in, like I'll have these homemade pizzas, like I do it do it myself. But dude, the fucking gluten's in there. It blows me up, man. So um, Oh yeah. I mean, I was in the off season and got bored with my typical rice cakes, cream of rice and jasmine. And I started doing Ezekiel, um, bagels. Um, I think I grabbed a cereal too. And like I for a minute forgot, like, why am I losing all my, like, I just wasn't hungry. I didn't want to eat. My eggs sounded terrible. Like, I'm like what the hell's going on? And then I just realized like, you know, I'm, I'm bloated out. I, I'm not moving food through as well easily uh, as I was, you know, in the past went back to my typical, you know, standby carbs and, and here came the hunger and here came, you know, my taste for my, my food that I always like. So, yeah, um, I, I and, you know, I'm not one of those guys that if I just do, you know, ugly, you know, if I went to Mexican and ate the, you know, shell and blah, blah, blah. I'm not one of those guys who's going to be miserable, you know, Oh God, I had gluten and I'm gonna break out in rashes. I'm not really that, but like, you know, if I go eating it day in, day out and a good amount, 
um, from those carb sources. Yeah, it was, it was affecting me. Yeah, man, me too. So the, the reason why I bring that up is, you know, if you've got clients or if you're just trying to pay attention to yourself, look, take a real close look at what you're eating. If your scale's going up and if you, if you feel like you're a little, um, bloated, uh, and, and that also comes back to you. You mentioned constipation and being backed up. Normally when someone's weight's not doing what I want it to do or it's up, I send them a whole list of a lot of the stuff we're talking about now. And one of the things I ask them, are you backed up? Are you going to the bathroom like normal? And usually, you know, if some of these other things don't show up, you know, I'll get, and I see it more in females. It, it seems like they get backed up a lot easier um, yeah, they do. than guys. So I'll normally see it with them. So then when I know that, Hey, if they're backed up, I mean, you can be up a pound, a pound and a half. Like it just depends. You have to hold water to get everything to move through. So you're going to hold that when you're backed up. Um, so that's something I'm constantly, constantly asking females. Let, let's move on to another one, Jason. This is one that I, I really started to pay attention to back in 2010 with my clients when I started really getting more entrenched into monitoring their weight. And that was muscle soreness. So talk about talk about what soreness does and why people will see that on the scale. Because, you know, we both work with with lifestyle clients and we've got those folks that, you know, we we put them on a new plan, a new training plan, mm -hmm. or they're just getting back into it. You know, maybe they lifted for a long time and they took a few years off. Like those people are going to be sore as fuck for a while. And talk about what that does on yeah. the scale. Well, I see this a lot um, or more common after like a leg day um, because it's half your body. And a lot of times people – you know, when they, when they get into this, they weren't training their legs as hard as they need to. And so when they really get a coach who puts a proper program, you know, they're going to have some pretty sore, some pretty sore legs and it's, it's half your body. Um, gravity's affecting it too. And what happens when you're, you know, that incredibly sore, again, you're going to have inflammation in the area. The body's going to take on water and, um, you know, they're going to be a little puffier and, um, you see the scale hold a lot of times after like a leg day. Yeah. And, and just soreness in general. So like my new folks, I always tell them, they're like, I'm so sore. Um, sometimes it's the first three or four weeks. If it's somebody that just hasn't been in the gym for a long time, um, or maybe I've got a client doing a deload and they chill out for that week. They do a few high rep workouts, maybe two, three days a week. And they just took some time off and then they come back in and they're hitting it a hundred percent again. And, and they're a little sore for the first few days. But yeah, that soreness causes you to hold water to repair the, the damage done. So you're going to hold some water. And that's one that I think, you know, a lot of people, they just, they just don't realize. Right. Um, you know, something else you'll notice on the notes I put in here, uh, newer people who are new to training and they just haven't really been training hard. So like maybe some lifestyle clients. So if you're a coach out there and, and you're getting new folks, because whenever you start out as a coach, you're not going to start out with a bunch of bodybuilders. A bunch of people don't know what the hell they're doing. You're going to get a bunch of, you know, Joe and, and Debbie that are moms and dads that just want to lose 20, 30 pounds and look good again. So when those people are new to training and you start, they start eating enough protein, but then you've got them on a carb based diet. Most of the time, that's what people do. You just see them start to fill out with glycogen. Um, if you have them on any kind of supplementation, which we're going to get to with creatine, um, they're salting their food, like all these things, their muscle cells actually start to fill out. Um, is that something that you ever have to talk to with, with your clients or are you not really having to deal with that too much with, with some of the newbies? Well, um, I do try to, if, if I'm putting someone on a supplement um, that may affect their weight at this point in time i'm just trained i'm like a trained monkey i always put 
this may affect your weight. And then that way I know that it's going to like cut down on my questions about it. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, like I try to always give a warning, um, to those types of supplementation that like, yeah, you know, you might gain a little, little here, but you you know, it's, it's intramuscular. That's what we want. It's going to, you know, you're going to be able to feel the muscle better when you train, therefore you get better results. It's okay. So I try to remember to give those warnings, especially uh, if it's people who have never used that before, or I think they might not. Yeah. And, and even just somebody that, you know, if I've got someone new and they're eating six meals a day and I've got them eating, I don't know, four to five carb meals to start, yep. they're going to fill out with glycogen yep. because they haven't been training. So like yep. they're going to actually see a little bit of increase there. Let's, um, dude, let's go ahead and skip down to the, to the, uh, let's talk about creatine first of all. Yeah. Um, creatine causes people to hold water inside the muscle cells. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still that old misconception where people think that you need to cut creatine out, mm-hmm. uh, to drop water or not, but that's just not how it works. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it causes yeah, creatine you to hold water is going to put, you know, muscle water inside the, the muscle cell. Um, and therefore, you know, you're going to obviously hold, hold more water on the scale. I mean, it's going to show up. Um, what I think sometimes happens to a very small few, and I think that's where it came from, is some people don't respond as well um, in terms of their GI to, to like creatine monohydrate, and they do better with like, you know, a product like creacolin or something. Right. But just changing the form uh, will take away that that belly bloat that they're feeling um, and help there. But but the way creatine works, just from the science standpoint, um, it's more water in the muscle cell. Uh, but yeah. but some people mistaken a bloat feel that you know they're they're holding more water in their belly, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and maybe it is more in the stomach. Um, but if you go to like a creacolin, it'll it'll solve that ninety nine point you know, 5% of the time. Yeah. Uh, one, we don't have to spend a lot of time on. I'm just going to keep going down the list here. Obviously people need to think about muscle gain. So, you know, I have to remind my clients, I, I just reminded three or four of them right now. We're reverse dieting. They're in the, they're, they're getting into the off season or they're, they're deep into the off season and we're adding calories and the scale's slowly, slowly going up. Well, that's the point of off season, whether you're reverse dieting, just to prime your metabolism or you're trying to put on a little bit of size, the fucking scale's got to go up. You know, we yeah. talked about, we talked about in a prior episode, I can't remember which one, about how much we want to see most people, most people put on. And that depends on if you're natural or assisted. Yes. We don't have it to is. go down that route now because it's a 20 minute conversation. But if your goal is to gain, the scale's going to need to go up a little bit. Um, <laughs> Jason, one you yeah. wanted to talk about was, is sleep. And that's, that's yeah. a big one I have to talk to my clients too about. Let's talk, talk about low sleep and what that does to the scale the next day. Yeah. I mean, so there's a couple of things going on with, you know, when you don't get the same amount of sleep. One thing right off the bat is uh, during sleep, you know, you're, you're detoxifying your body, your kidneys are at work, different processes are going on. And so um, you're removing water that you've gained you know, throughout the day. So once you urinate in the morning, like you should be at your, your driest weight, but let's say you normally sleep, you know, seven hours uh, a night. And for some reason you only get five. Well, you didn't have as much time to run through all the detoxification to pull as much water as you normally do. And so, you know, when you go to the bathroom in the morning, you probably won't shed as much water. And therefore, you know, the scale is going to be a little higher. 
But aside from that, more on a hormonal level, you know, it's been shown that one night of pretty poor sleep will increase fasted, you know, blood glucose numbers. So you string a couple nights of really shitty sleep together, you are going to make yourself less insulin sensitive. And therefore the, the diet you're eating is you're not going to be processing it as efficiently and more blood sugars are going to be circulating and therefore easier to spill and just hold more water all around the board. Uh, and you know, have more inflammation as well from that. So, um, sleep's really important to the point where, you know, I, there's times where I'll pull cardio just so my clients can rest more and I'll make them get, you know, get to bed nine hours, you know, uh, that they can get nine hours in on the weekends and almost I'd say 85% of the time they, they wake up Sunday to a new low just from getting enough sleep. Cortisol comes down. Insulin sensitivity improves. Uh, you know, they're just recovering their body. And, um, I see new lows from that a, a lot. Man, I, I, I go on record as saying it's my number one, uh, plateau breaker is getting people to actually sleep in on the weekends. Um, man, whenever people don't sleep, like you said that maybe they only sleep five hours one night and they've used to be getting seven, that scale is going to be up the next day. Like they're going to see that on the reading. So that's, that's, you know, they may be one fifty fives for normal. And then all of a sudden they don't get two or three hours of sleep. And then they're like fucking, you know, up a pound or two. And, yep. and that's real common. I'm so sensitive myself. If I get one hour less of sleep, I'm up exactly a pound. Like it's just the way it is. If I mm -hmm. sleep in, I drop a new low and hit, you know, I'll hit 208 instead of 209 if I get one extra hour of sleep. So it's one of yeah. those things to where, like, you see it kind of play around with the scale. Um, another one I've got down, man, is high stress. Like, when people go through high stress situations, like maybe some shitty stuff happened at work or, or you're fighting with your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever, and you just got some really bad shit going on for a few days that's going to translate to the scale as well, just because of, yep. of cortisol being the way that it is, you know, yes. obviously, you know, the, the products that, that you make and that I've, I've been recommending for a while now, uh, relax and cortis will help with sleep. They'll help with cortisol, but man, sometimes you can, you know, they can only do so much. Like if someone's stress is super fucking high, um, any, any recommendations that you have for someone that's going through a highly, highly stressful situation outside of supplementation and, and trying to get a good sleep aid? Well, I mean, something that helped, you know, me by when I'm watching my HRV, um, and for those who don't know, that's heart rate variability, and it's one way to track basically how you're moving in and out of parasympathetic versus sympathetic. Um, sympathetic being flight or fight, parasympathetic parasympathetic being rest and digest, which you want to spend, you know, all your downtime in parasympathetic, um, is meditation. And, you know, it doesn't have to be this like crazy, like thing where you need an hour. You can, I, I use an app called let's meditate. It's free. Um, and they have guided meditations that, you know, a lot of them are 15 minutes long. If you can rock in one or two of those a day for yourself where you're getting your breathing down, that's helping you get parasympathetic. Um, they teach you how to breathe properly. And one of the things is your exhale needs to be longer than your inhale. And that's going to help put you more in a parasympathetic state. And so I've seen that help myself, you know, relax and get that HRV improved. And, you know, if you're able to switch into parasympathetic easier, you're going to sleep better. 
it's those who get stuck and sympathetic are those ones who are always like, God, I just can't turn my brain off. You know, I, I lay down and, and I just, I can't, you know, well that they're stuck in sympathetic overdrive. So, you know, it's something you can do for free. It doesn't really require, you could get two sessions in out the, throughout the day with literally just about 25 minutes, um, set aside. So that's, that's a big one. Um, and then I know you said no supplements, but I will start mega dosing ashwagandha with our cordies if, if someone's having just a huge stress period and, and it does help people a lot. What, what are you, what are you dosing on that about that? Uh, 1500 megs, uh, the ashwagandha and then two to three cordies. And I might do that three times a day for them. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, back to the breathing. I, I know people that's, it's almost like sleep. Like when you tell people like, here's the fix and it's fucking free. Like most people hear that and they hear, all right, this is some hippie shit. You know what I mean? It's not what next time you lay down, try, try having a, just try it, look it up. I, I don't know how long you recommend Jason to exhale versus inhale, but you know, if it's longer on the exhale, you know, four seconds and one second inhale, however you want to do it, try doing that next time you lay down instead of like trying to read your phone to fall asleep or read a book or whatever. Every time I do that with breathing, like I'm fucking out like a light. Um, really just kind of settles my body down. Is, is there a certain, like do, the do one count? that I've read that works that supposedly works the best for sleep is if you're, if you're laying there on your back is a four second, slow inhale, hold it for three seconds and exhale for six. I mean, you don't have to be exact on it. Just make sure your exhale is longer, but somewhere along those lines, a nice slow inhale, you're not forcing it into your lungs hold it for a bit and then slowly let it out and you'll start to, you'll start to calm your heart down. Yeah. Excellent. So I'm, I'm actually going to try it. You know, I had been doing one and four, um, yeah. one's probably a little short, so I'm going to try that. I'll try four and six. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Let's, um, let's go on here to the next one that I've got written down. Um, sorry here. I'm looking at my fucking notes that I just missed everything. So let's talk about the fun one. Women's monthly cycle guys. Don't fucking yeah. go anywhere. I know you're trying to fucking yeah. hit fast forward, but if you're a coach, you need to understand this. Obviously ladies, you've been having, some of you've been having a cycle for decades. Okay? <laughs> I know where you're you going. Wanna, with this. <laughs> you want to fucking email us and be like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah. You got exclamation points all over yeah. your emails and you're freaking yeah. out. But You've been having a fucking period for decades. Yep. Like, you know what's coming. Like it, yep. Weight's going to go amazing. up a little bit before you start. It, some people, it stays like after the first couple of days they start. Like I've seen so many cycles that are different. Like women, usually sometimes they'll be up for a few days prior, you know, a day or two after they start, and then it starts to fall off. Um, Jason, what do you normally recommend for women whenever they their cycle hits? I know I tell mine. I'm like, listen, we're just going to push through. Like it's okay. It's artificial weight. I'm not going to change anything. Yeah. What do you recommend? Is there anything you recommend to them to like work through bloat? Do you increase water? Do you recommend anything like that? Not really. Um, I don't either. You know, I, I'm, I'm like you, like if someone's in an off season and you know, their period's hitting, I'm certainly not going to, you know, add food that week. There's no point. It just creates more stress and could add to the bloat. Um, you know, if someone's in a cut, you know, and they're, they're stalled out and they have, you know, like you said, all the exclamation points and they seem just frantic. Like my first thought is always like, um, are you getting near your period? And then like 90% <laughs> of the time, oh yeah, I am. It's like, you're 45 years old. You've been having this for at least 30. I don't ever say that, but you know, it's just funny right. when you started to talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like, the bloat and all that. I don't add dandelion. You know, you can add like dandelion tea and different things like that. I, I generally don't. 
if they have something that they like to take, like my doll or something, I don't care, but I'm not usually, you know, changing, making big dietary changes. I mean, we all know that, you know, um, when progesterone spikes and uh, estrogen spikes, the, the, the woman is less insulin sensitive. So, right. I mean, you could go pulling carbs every single time, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to keep up with. And it, it's really just one of those things that it'll all just kind of average out and even out. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't worry about it too much. Um, I, I do want to talk about sometimes like if, if a female, especially natural females, right. Um, you know, some of them will lose their cycle as they start dieting down and they start getting close to stage or they get pretty lean. Um, I've still, even though they, they don't have a cycle anymore, I've still had women report the symptoms yes. of the bloat, the cramps and stuff like that. And I'll see it on the scale. You yes. know, I, I've seen, I've seen a couple of my bigger girls, you know, some, some, some heavy girls, a lot of muscle, like the whole two or three fucking pounds. And they're telling me, they're like, listen to me, I swear to God, I'm not cheating on the diet. I don't have a cycle, but I feel these symptoms. Is that yep. something that you're seeing too on your end? Yes. Jason? Yeah. I've been seeing that for years. Um, you too. And so it definitely happens. I definitely, um, you know, concur with them every time and say, yep, that can be happening. So that's what it is. It's fine. Let's just, you know, stay, stay logical and just, you know, work through it. Um, but that is definitely something that can happen. Yeah. And, and ladies, by the way, your, your coach isn't out there to fix these symptoms because that's, it's just not fucking anything that we can do. Um, I, I've had a lot of people say, well, well what are you going to do to offset this? And I'm like, fuck, I, I can't do anything to offset it. I mean, the thing that we can do and I do with all my, pretty much all my dieting females is, you know, Chase Berry will help with PMS symptoms and just make periods easier anyways. And a lot of my women are going to be on that for the cut because I don't want progesterone to dip. And then I obviously use cordies to, to stop the progesterone rob. So a lot of my women keep their period deep into prep and then that way I can get it back quicker. Um, so that does like, if so, so I can't ease your bloat, like, you know, for a day or two per se, but if I know it's something that's really bad and you get really bad symptoms, well, Chase Berry will help and we can get them on that for a long-term solution to have easier periods. Right. And, and one thing that I meant was like, we can't make those things go away. Like, I don't know why no. you're having the symptoms, but you don't have a cycle. That That's what I was, that's what I, I was trying you. to get to. Like, by the way, Jason, you need to come out with a Chase Berry product so we can just. We are. We are. Oh, good. Good. We got Chase Berry liposomal coming. So it'll be able to get into the body a little quicker. You hold it under the tongue. And uh, yeah, so we've got that. We've good. Got that I'm tired of sending people to Amazon because yep. I, I don't know what's good product over there or not. I was sick of doing it too so now we've got uh and it's going to taste great and um it should be really hitting probably in the next five weeks or so oh sweet yeah we'll keep yep. people we'll keep the females and, and coaches tuned in because that'll be yes. a good one dude let's talk about salt man because it's one yep. of those things um I, i've had clients come to me before they're on a very low salt diet or they're with a coach that had all their salt super low. Um, it's funny cause I just made a knowledge bomb of the day, everything you need to know about salt and it's I getting, saw it, shared. Yeah. yeah, it's getting shared everywhere. Uh, it's just because it's good information, but we get these people that come to us low salt. Maybe they just don't know any better. Maybe they don't like salt. No, there's yeah. still a few coaches that I know. I'm not going to name names, but they literally think you should pull sodium the minute someone starts dieting. Jesus. So the, I know. these so, are old school dudes that like don't care to learn. And like, that's what they think. 
so and that's the, why their women after the show are up 10 pounds within a day. You know what I mean? Oh shit. Well, so that's funny. You mentioned that because we see that on the front end. Like when people start working with us, we add them, you know, I have my, my folks add sea salt and seasonings to their food. I want to make sure salt's in there. It should be. And you know, they're the ones that respond the most to this when it comes to holding water because they haven't had salt for so long it's almost like they spend a short amount of time kind of ballooning up for a little bit and then it kind of settles down and kind of comes out in the wash. Is that what you're seeing on your end? Yes. Uh, when you add sodium in 100%, like you're going to spike, but then like once that sodium potassium pump and everything starts kicking in and, and doing what it's supposed to do, the weight evens right out. Yeah. I'll, I'll see some clients that will, they'll kind of water over. They'll kind of look, you know, almost like spilled, like they've had too much. Yep. Uh, carbs and you know there'll be a little watered over for three four or five days maybe a week depending on how bad it's been for how long then they start to kind of clear up and then they feel great and they start reporting all these things in the gym i'm stronger my pumps are better i look better uh it's kind of like creatine as well like you i people report the same thing i look better using creatine i see the same thing with salt is that is that what they're reporting back to you Oh yeah. I mean, salt is one of those things like I'm getting ready to, one of the things I'm teaching this weekend is on peak week. And you know, one of the things that I used to fix someone on Saturday morning is more salt, you know? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, like, uh, nine out of 10, if, if you're in shape or you, you know, you can add salt and it's going to improve the look of the physique. But even like if you're not show ready but you add it on a daily basis once the body shakes out and gets back in equilibrium you're gonna look better you're gonna have more pumps your muscles just gonna be fuller it's just that's how it's gonna shake out yeah man i've got a few more here and then we'll talk about the reasons why the scale drops too fast which is which will be fun um another one we don't spend a lot of time on this water intake just being off um i'll notice people on the weekends will report back to me on monday hey my water intakes has been off and, you know, sometimes it just depends. It depends on how much it's off. That can, that can actually cause people, when you go back to drinking water, to retain some water. Um, sometimes if someone's water's off, they'll drop too fast. But it's one of those things to where I think, I just tell my clients, you really need to pay attention to your water intake and then just tell me. So if you're a coach out there, you need to pay attention to that, whether their weight's up or down. It's one of those questions I always ask, like, hey, how's your water intake? Yeah. Is it pretty normal or is it? is it off? Uh, is there anything you want to add to that? Well, I mean, just water in general, you know, by, by keeping it, um, in, you're basically keeping aldosterone at, at a nice, you know, even keel. When you start to cut back on your water, aldosterone will finally start to raise cause it's trying to keep you from becoming dehydrated. So, um, you know, you can just, ma- you know, manipulate that by just keeping water going in on a daily basis. And, um, you know, you're, you're going to pee out more than, than you hold and, and it's going to look better. By the way, let's just give recommendations real quick for, and, and I know everyone's a little different, but just general recommendations. How much water do you recommend for a female physique athlete and a male physique athlete? Not not with the outliers, not a 280-pound men, men's body. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just I mean, I think a woman should shoot for a gallon. I think a man should shoot for a gallon and a half, somewhere around there. But, I, I you know, if a man comes in at a gallon, I mean, it's plenty to flush his kidneys and keep everything healthy. I just, you know, they're bigger and, you know. Um, can use it. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm right there. Same exact thing. Uh, one of the things people need to pay attention to and that people don't think about it, sometimes my clients, their scale will really be all over the place. And I'm asking them, like, listen, are you fucking cheating on the diet? Like, why is it up four pounds? Why is it down six? Like, what the fuck's going on? Sometimes, folks, 
if your batteries are about to go bad, if you just change your batteries in your scale, that can actually level that out. So sometimes the batteries are starting to go dead. Your scale will fluctuate off and on. Yeah. And, and I tell people too, I'm like, Hey, make sure you weigh at the exact same spot in your floor floor. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's really jumping around, step on it five times in a row. And if it's not super, super close and you, you fix the batteries and all that, just get a new scale. But dude, sometimes just, it's just the fucking scale itself, so to speak. Yeah. They get old. I mean, they're not, you know, these aren't high dollar purchases usually. So yeah they wear out thirty dollar you know yeah i mean if you're starting to get five different numbers you know every morning eh, it's probably on its last leg you know or like you said check the batteries but you know let's let's talk about this final one um a lot of people don't think about this and i know it's a little different for everybody i want to get your take on this and then i'll add to it sometimes the readings after someone has an off day from exercise can be different versus the days after because you know, sure. we're all, we're all exercising more days than we're taking off. So we'll just say someone's averaging five days, for example, yeah. you know, how someone weighs after those days of exercise and cardio versus a day off on their off day diet and no workouts, no sweating. The scale can be much different after an off day. What are you seeing on that? Yeah. I mean, it honestly has to do I feel like more with the person and how good their metabolism is. Um, and also what they do on their off days with their carbohydrates. Right. I mean, so there's a lot of variables there. Um, I know myself, my diet's exact same on my off day. I just don't have my 60 grams of intra that keeps things pretty easy. And, um, although I'm fuller by pump on Monday, I really don't gain much scale weight, but now other people, you know, even if they drop their carbs 60 grams and you give them two off days, you know, their body, if they're not churning through those carbs pretty fast, you know, they're going to go up a pound or two on Monday. It's just how it is. You know, it's just from rest. And, you know, you, I think you said in the other episode, but, you know, roughly uh, one gram of carb holds like 2.7 grams of water along with it. So, right. you know, if you're not burning those off and you're storing them up, which, which you want to happen, so you hit the ground running hard on Monday, you're going you're gonna to gain a little weight uh, come Monday morning. Yeah. And the other thing too, is if you're not exercising and you have a day off and you're just kind of sitting around, you're not sweating like normal. You're not, you're not moving around. You're, you're not, it's just going to be different. So, um, that's just one thing I always pay real close attention to whenever I'm analyzing, you have to really dig in super deep. So dude, let's talk about the reasons why the scale drops too fast. And the first one I want to talk about is the one that scares the shit out of all physique athletes and that's muscle loss, man. So let's tell, give me an example of when you see drops on the scale and when you're thinking, okay, this might be muscle loss. What are you normally looking at? Um, I'm going to be looking at area, like how, how close are we to um, the show and how, how lean are they? Because, right. you know, if someone just started the diet and, you know, they came to me them food not really you know one not really a bodybuilder who's on point or physique athlete who's on point but they might flush four or five pounds that first week and so i'm looking at you know in that case i'm looking at all right their strength scores a nine their energy scores a nine they're only their hunger's a three they're not losing muscle you know what i mean like that was water and just crap coming out of their colon but if someone is three weeks out and they drop four pounds then I'm worried. And then I'm pulling all cardio, probably pulling training for a couple of days and sending them for a double cheeseburger, maybe even a couple of them. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's all context and when and where in the diet phase you are. And, and for me. 
Yeah, that dude, I mean, that's exactly – that's everything I was going to say. And it especially becomes important, guys, when you're a natural athlete because it, it can happen yes. fast. Um, and I do the same thing, man. The first thing I do is, is I drop the fucking steady state. And uh, depending on hit, I might drop that too. But it, And then I start feeding them um, at least for a day. And I've had that happen with a couple people here that are getting ready for earlier shows and – Usually it's, it's Subway. I'm going to send them to Subway and, and let them get a bag of chips with it, maybe a couple cookies if they really need the food, mm-hmm. um, like a 12-inch like a pizza sub or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, and just Sounds fill delicious. that out. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Especially for my fat ass. I'm going to start dieting in a couple weeks, so I'm, <laughs> I'm taking it all in. So, yeah, man, so muscle loss, obviously. That's something that, that people need to watch for. Something else is whenever you switch someone over. So, like, whenever I switch someone over – like maybe an insulin sensitivity reset. If you guys go back and listen to that episode, we talk about dropping people's carbs, upping their fats a little bit in place of those carbs. And what that happens is, is that depletes somebody. So if someone goes on a lower carb plan and they've been eating carbs, you're going to see a pretty damn good drop on the scale because you're, you're losing glycogen. Um, is that something that you have to explain to people quite a bit whenever they're seeing that scale drop? You know, some guys might drop five fucking pounds the first week when you do something like a low carb reset, um, you know, females could drop two to three. It just depends. Is that something that you have to explain quite a bit with folks when you switch them? You know, um, that one doesn't, for some reason, seem to cause as much alarm. I think they must kind of get it. Um, or they like it. They like dropping. <laughs> yeah, that, or, you know, I think a lot of times when I do something like that, they've been pushing food for a while and you know how it kind of gets, um, when you finally are given like a chance to kind of like not be so stuffed, you, you kind of welcome it. So I don't, I don't think I get as much pushback. Like you said, they kind of like it. Um, so I don't get as contacted about that one as much. It's not that I don't, I just don't have as much, much recollection about it, yeah. but definitely it, it holds true. I mean, shit, anytime you cut your carbs in half, which is kind of what I do my first step in a reset. Uh, sure. You know, there goes, you know, 2.7 grams of water per carb. That's definitely not going to be held. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting too, because we'll go back to, you know, we talked about salt increasing your weight. You know, if someone has to lower their salt, obviously for whatever reason, maybe they just did it and they didn't tell you. So it's always some of those things. I always ask a lot of questions. Has anything changed? Um, lowering salt, obviously for a short amount of time, you can, you can drop some water. Um, if, if you would, you talked about aldosterone, give people an idea of what happens. You know, when people lower salt, I've helped somebody trying to make yeah. weight for a meat this week, right? And they were wanting to yeah. lower their salt. I'm like, listen, yeah. we don't have to do that. Um, yeah. talk about what happens when you lower salt so for too long. Salt is also one that keeps aldosterone at bay. And when you cut salt, um, aldosterone will actually start to increase so that uh, your your kidneys are reabsorbing the salt in your urine back into the body. So you really can't trick your body. So, you know, cutting salt the final week for a bodybuilder is a horrible idea too. Now, I'm not saying there aren't times to taper it a little bit on Friday, but you sure. should have have it so high that that taper isn't going to interfere with carb loading and or, you know, cause aldosterone to kind of go haywire on you. Right. Yeah. And, and aldosterone as well. This, I mean, a lot of people don't realize water, water follows salt. So it's, yeah. if your body's causing it to reabsorb, if aldosterone, that hormone causes you to reabsorb it, water is going to follow it. So yeah. I see plenty of people on low salt who are watery as fuck 
because of aldosterone. Yes. And, and they don't realize they're, they're, they're trying to drop water, but they're causing water retention. Right. The best way to fix them would be salt and high water and give them a sleep. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. Um, dropping creatine, dude, that's one that I see from, uh, I see from my clients quite a bit, you know, they'll drop and then I'm like, okay, Hey, what change? Did you stop doing anything? And a lot of them said, no, I'm going to cycle off creatine. Like they don't know. They just think they yeah. need to cycle off. Um, but obviously it takes a little while for creatine because I mean that shit stores up in your body for like, I don't know, like three, four weeks. Um, so it's going to take a while for it to deplete. But if, if you're in the off season and you quit taking it for a few weeks, yeah, you're, you're going to see a drop, especially if you're a guy, you might see a couple pound drop. Um, I don't cycle my clients on and off creatine. Do you? No. I mean, I don't really see a need. The only time I would bring someone off is if they're getting like some wonky creatinine readings with kidneys and things like that. And usually there's something else going on, but at that point I don't want them to have to process creatine either. Um, but otherwise if someone's healthy and labs are good, I don't see a reason to do so. Is there anything that would cause the, uh, the creatinine levels, not creatine folks, creatinine levels to, jump up on a lab test um besides creatine I, there are a lot of there are a yeah, lot of well, like we're gonna do a whole blood work just episode. training um you know and the breakdown of of muscle through you know and then it's filtered through the kidneys can can cause that so um if you see some wonky kidney readings a lot of times you know i'll find out well hey did you de did you hydrate that morning no not really okay uh did you train the day before yeah, I trained the last four days. Well, some people then that would be why you would get some false positives. So I would then have them rerun later. Um, after making sure water, you know, is done well, I might even pull back on their protein, get some astragalus in there, which has actually been shown to be the only supplement that really can, you know, kind of regenerate, uh, the, the little, uh, filaments in the kidneys. Right. Um, and uh, then retest, but I'd have them, I would have them hydrate that morning and I'd have them not train for two days. And usually it all shakes itself right out. Yeah. Same thing, man. I usually tell my clients, Hey, at least have a couple shakers of water before you go get labs. Yes. Um, I mean, you can have more. It's not gonna hurt you to have more, no. but at least have a couple. I, I know if I have two bottles of water on the way, my, yes. my, my bun and everything else shows up. Okay. Yep. So yep. But, you know, it's, it's amazing what it'll look like if they, you know, stay pretty dehydrated for, you know, first two hours in the morning, go give it at 10 and they haven't eaten, they haven't, you know, and, and, then, the, and then they go and then, and, you know, things are off a little bit and you start realizing. So now when I tell, you know, blood work, I'm like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to have 40 ounces of water. You know, I'd rather you book it on a Monday, just take off Saturday and Sunday. Like, you know, all these things to kind of prevent some of these false positive scares um, that you can get from basically just from just building muscle and, you know, the, the breakdown of muscle tissue as your training can, can throw off some people's uh, kidneys. Definitely. So man, the last three, I don't, I don't, I think we can mention them, but I, I don't think we need to go into detail because we kind of talked yeah. about why the scale goes up, but it's the, you know, we talked about extra sleep, you know, when people get the extra sleep and like you said, cortisol drops, their body can detoxify more. They can move more of that water that's in their body. Um, extra sleep, you'll see the scale drop, drop pretty quick. And, you know, here's the thing, whenever I see a client of mine, I, I talked about Grant on the last episode, one of my guys, he was dropping a lot. And, um, 
he had got to sleep in for like Saturday and Sunday and it was a lot. And I can't remember. He's probably listening. He's probably like 10 hours or something for both days. Uh-huh. And he's a bigger guy. He dropped like four or five fucking pounds. Yeah. I'm not freaking out when that's happening um, because there's so much going on there. Um, so when someone gets that much sleep, if you're off that much, that's a shit ton of cortisol dropping. First of all, if you've been getting shit sleep for a week or two and then you sleep in for a full weekend, your body is in such a better state. You're dropping cortisol and you're moving everything. And like you said, kind of detoxifying and fixing the body. I don't really worry about that too much. It's the days after that that I start paying real close attention to as far as like worrying about muscle loss and stuff like that. Um, is there anything you want to add to that? No, I think you've, I think you've hit that one on the head. And I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. You know, if I knew that those facts too, I wouldn't be overly alarmed either. No. And then the other ones we've got, of course, water intake being off and the scale being fucked up. So dude, I I think we covered everything in detail, man, for everybody. Is there anything that you could, that you could think of? I mean, besides the, no, I mean, I think we covered it pretty, pretty, pretty well. And I mean, it's not like an advanced topic. So, I mean, we want, we've given it almost 50 minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah, man. So if you're a client of mine or Jason's listening, we're laughing right now because you probably just got an email from us where you were worried about your scale weight. And we're like, Hey, go listen to this episode. <laughs> That's if you're one of my clients, it's the real reason we did the episode, Jason, because I don't want to have to, you know, send a four paragraph long email back. I can be like, Hey, here's the link to the podcast. Jason yeah. and I did. Uh, and if you have questions, hit Jason up with a question. So <laughs> no. No, man, but we we really appreciate you guys, and we hope that you really enjoyed this podcast. If you would, please hit pause. You guys have done great with the reviews. Please hit pause. Um, Give us a real quick review, whether it's five stars, four, whatever. As long as we get good feedback, that helps us, and it helps the podcast grow. Um, So we really appreciate that. So, Jason, since you don't have anything else, man, we're going to get back to emails from myself. Jason, we are out of here. Thanks, guys. See ya.